1: personal bank show with Ference Stoth. In an era of chaos, confusion, and craziness, Ference is a voice for common sense. As a financial literacy educator, speaker, and entrepreneur, Ference cuts through the noise to help us understand how current events affect our money, economy, and our freedom. Now, here's Ference Stoth.
0: Welcome to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ference. Today, I have a lot of stuff to cover, some of it encouraging, some of it frustrating. But again, the winds of change are occurring. But before I get to that, I have had an interesting experience this past week. In fact, one day I had two, one a longtime client contact me and then also a listener on the same day who had used the personal bank concept for the past 15 years. And it was was interesting because these both happened on the same day. So I got to share this quick story. I think you'll get a kick. I think you'll enjoy it. The first one is a client that, I met with and helped them set up their personal bank policy again to maximize growth on their money. Insured, guaranteed, tax-free. Gentleman's very very successful uh, corporate, you know, higher higher up corporate guy. He traveled a lot, uh, literally around the country, or I'm sorry, around the world. And he had you know investments, 401ks, all the typical stuff that you would find any uh, corporate exec would typically have. Interestingly, eight years ago. He invested in a personal bank policy, added money to it each of the last eight years, and then retired a month ago. His statement to me I found very interesting. I think you will too. He said, I've gone through my finances and everything else now that he's retired. He said, Ference, this investment with the personal bank that I did with you eight years ago is the best investment I've done in the past decade. A lot of people would be surprised by that because of the spectacular growth we've saw in the stock market for example in the past decade. The reality is, yes, the S&P 500 and the Dow and the different indexes certainly have gone up tremendously, not recently, not in the last year or two so much. Last year was a good year, no question. But again, the actual funds that most people typically invest in in their IRAs, 401Ks or whatever else do far less returns than, say, an S&P 500 index return. And the reasons behind that are many. It's statistically shown that the S&P 500 beats funds about 80% of the time over the long run. Also, there are fees and things like that involved, typically when folks are investing in whatever it may be. The DALBAR study, which is an annual study that they've been doing for over 30 years, showing actual average returns for investors... Typically, is actually in the three to four percent range, and I know I get fee, I get pushback from that because so many people, when they look at it, have portfolios or they talk to me or, or we look at their statements, they'll argue that they're making seven percent average over the last decade or two or three or whatever. But when we dive into it and we look at everything net of fees after after fees, in other words, the reality is the Dalbar studies are very accurate. I have a famous story I've shared for years. It's a longtime client of mine. I can't share his name because, well, it would be it would be difficult for him in his position because he's the CFO, the chief financial officer of a company that manages dozens and dozens of 401k plans, over fifteen hundred companies 401k plans. Dozens of those are Fortune five hundred companies. So in other words, this is the firm that actually handles the investments not the financial advisor that you meet with, it's the people behind the scenes, the fiduciary, has the fiduciary responsibility. He was at a workshop. He attended a workshop that I did some years ago. We're going back five, six years easily now. And one of the statements in that workshop, and I was quoting the Dalbar study, sharing where they have shown using actual statements, the average American on their IRA, 401k um, investments, has averages around 3 to 4% per year annually for the last 20 plus years 30 plus years actually he got so upset about that statement he actually walked out of that workshop i was i was speaking that i was doing now there was like 150 investors in the room frankly i didn't know nor really noticed i just thought you know people get up and go to the bathroom or whatever right in fact he this gentleman to his credit monday the workshop was on a saturday Monday, he gives me a call and he says, ference I have to I have to give you an apology." And I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "You stated, according to the Dahlbar study, the average IRA, for example, averages in the three to four percent range." I've been, he says, "You don't know what I do, but I." He told me he's the chief financial officer for a major four hundred one k fiduciary company that handle the four hundred one ks. And he said, "If I you would ask me what the average annual return was on our IRAs that we handled for all these." companies or 401ks i'm sorry the 401ks we handle for all these companies i would have told you been six or seven percent because that's what you hear that's the mantra you hear in the industry the financial industry and he he said i didn't believe you i got up and left he said you got me thinking though so he said i pulled the records for the past 15 years now this again was about five years ago to be fair totally fair for all our clients that we handle he says there's over 1500 companies we handle the 401ks for. He says, you know what the returns, actual average returns were for our clients over the past 15 years? I said, no. What were they? He said 3.4%. That was eye opening for him, obviously. He became a client. He's still a client today and he still admits freely that the personal bank policy, having the money grow, insured, guaranteed, tax free, steady Eddie, is the one of the best investments. He, it he outperforms. It's the best investment he has. I know I versed a little bit, digressed. This client of eight years, this gentleman who re- recently retired as a corporate exec, made the, same, made the same statement. He said, the personal bank policy was the best, best investment what my wife and I invested in in the past decade. Well, it wasn't even like an hour later. I get a somebody contacts me who is a listener, and it turns out he is a retired financial advisor. And had been a Dave Ramsey counselor, of all things, too, on top of it. I thought that was quite interesting. Registered rep, all those kinds of things. Fifteen years ago, he bought three of these policies, understanding, growing the money, insured, guaranteed, tax-free, being able to access it, having the positive arbitrage, all those things. He understood all that. He called me, and he said, I was interested, curious about what you thought of the policies he had. And then he made the statement himself. He goes, Ferentz, these are the best— some of the best tools I've invested in in the past 15 years. He also made a very clear statement where he pointed out that to put all your eggs in one basket is not wise. You have to have a diversification basket in your portfolio, one that has guaranteed money, as he put it. This is where he put his guaranteed money. I said, yeah, I share that all the time. The diversification strategy is very wise. Having a bucket of money that's insured, guaranteed, and tax-free creates a tax-free bucket of money something that's not related or correlated with the stock or real estate markets also is of great value. Again, that's part of that diversification or truly diversifying your portfolio. And so he, again, he was in full agreement. He's still continuing to fund those because as he puts it, it's some of his best return monies. And again, he has to, ha- he said, you have to have some guaranteed monies. If everything is in the markets for the most part, and by the way, most people I know use stocks in bonds. Bonds have more safety than stock in general, true, but they're most cases, unless you have a guaranteed bond, most are not, they're not guaranteed. And why would you want to do that when you have limited tax-free, if any, benefits with many bonds where you can get similar or better results with a personal bank policy and have it insured and guaranteed and tax-free on top of it? Federal and state income tax free. Okay. If we set up properly, that's how we do it. And of course we do that all the time. I had to share that because I, again, I I had it quite the week and it was kind of fun that literally in one day I had two different people, two different folks who had been investing in these policies for the past decade or so roughly or longer. Of course, we had one of the best stock markets in the history of the stock market the past decade. And they both came to the same conclusion, these are very smart, very astute, very intelligent people. Both of these people are very um, knowledgeable financially, and all of those things. Again, one of them was a, he's now a retired, recently retired financial advisor. Okay, so, and the other uh, I shared the story about the CFO of a 401k company. So these are very astute and, and very intelligent, financially knowledgeable people. I wanted to share that with you because a lot of people just don't realize what they're missing out on. And, I again, I spoke to somebody today. Uh, again, I'll get to some of the um, current event stuff, I, I promise, and probably in the next segment. But I just wanted to share some of this stuff. Again, I share this with uh, several people today, you know, why I haven't heard about this from my financial advisor. It's just not that commonly known. This is an area of specialty. I share this all the time. I was fortunate being on the board. I was the chairman of the board of a FDIC-insured bank. Banks deal with this type of investment all the time, regularly. Institutional investors, it's very common in the institutional investment world, but not so common in the retail investment world as Wall Street defines it. Uh, it's loosely defined as somebody with t- less than $10 million in liquid assets. Well, that's most people. And so it's not common in that world. And, and one of the questions she asked me was, well, if I talked to my financial advisor, what do you think he would say? There's probably limited, if any, knowledge about this, so it would be hard for them to give you any good advice or bad or indifferent for that matter. But, again, it would be uh, the analogy I use was if you were a Boston Red Sox fan, what kind of advice do you think you would get or feedback from a New York Yankees fan if you asked them about their Boston Red Sox or vice versa? I mean, it's well-known. They, they've been competitors For decades and decades. And again, a typical financial advisor, I don't look at them as competitors because if you truly understand the personal bank strategy, you can put the money in the policy, access from it, and use it to invest in other assets. But again, most people are not familiar enough with it to understand how that can really work and how it can truly benefit them. So they look at it as in more of a competitive view. So in other words, if they gave a favorable opinion. They understand that you might take some of the money and go elsewhere away from them. And of course they make money through fees. I mean, that's how the financial investor world works. So please understand where the advice is coming from. I hear that all the time. I get folks to say, Well, I talked to my financial advisor, and he most of the time it's not necessarily truly negative, but it's not not positive either. Comes from a place of of a lack of understanding, a truly understanding how this works in most cases, to be totally fair. So again, I wanted to share that. It was quite interesting. I'm going to share some stuff today that I think you're going to find interesting. Some of it's going to be encouraging. Some of it's going to be infuriating. But that's what's going on, so I need to share this with you. And of course, how it affects you, how it affects your money, how it affects the economy, all those things, again, so you can make better decisions about your life, about your finances, all those types of things. That's my goal here every every week that I share the show. So I'm going to really encourage you to stay tuned on the next segment because I'm going to dive into a number of current events, current event things that are affecting our money, again, to help you make better decisions. So don't miss it.
1: Stay tuned for more common sense from Ferens. For more information, contact Ferens at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Personal Bank Show with Ference Toast. Want more information? Contact Ference at 866 268 442 or yourpersonal That's 86-268-442. Now back to the show with Ference Toast.
0: Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferrence. All right, we got a lot of stuff that's been going on recently, so let's just dive in some current event stuff. The first one's very economically focused, and again we need to pay attention to this. And this has to do with um Employment or unemployment levels. As we all know, the the federal, the government numbers, unemployment numbers have been relatively low, is a point of contention because many economists and folks have come out, experts have shared that in the last few years the government has changed how they count unemployment. In other words, after people stop looking for work, I believe it's a nine-month period or something, they now just take them off the rolls and don't really count them any, anymore when they used to do that. So, frankly, the unemployment numbers today are lower than they used to be, partly because of the way the government counts them. So they are actually higher than, than they're telling us. But unemployment ha- or employment has been relatively strong, no question, because consumer spending is what's really been the one bright spot, the lone bright spot, in fact, as we've discussed on the show many times, Regarding the economy and keeping the economy afloat and going. And given that consumer spending is about two thirds of uh, GDP, that's a big, big deal. So, one of the things we have to really keep an eye on is employment numbers. If employment numbers start to drop, that's going to be a real big red flag in terms of a potential recession. Because, again, if unemployment increases, fewer people are earning they start spending less, that's the one bright spot consumer spending starts to go down. That's the only thing holding the economy up, frankly, from a financial standpoint. Unemployment numbers, I've got an article here from a former uh, CEO of Home Depot, for example, sharing the the unemployment numbers, are the layoffs are, are increasing significantly. In fact, there's something like 20% increase from uh, uh, January to January of the year before and we're seeing a number of companies, major companies like Amazon and Citigroup and et cetera, announcing layoffs. And there are significant layoffs occurring. In fact, uh, layoffs are, in, uh, are increased to 136% from the previous month. So January of 2024 has seen a significant increase in layoffs. This is something to keep a really close eye on because if this trend does continue, look out below in terms of what the economy is going to do. Again, one of those things we got to watch and see be cognizant of, be aware of. Now, these other things are more from a political nature, but also really do affect us financially. So, here's here's something that I find it very interesting. Recently, seems like when you talk when you talk about Congress working together, it seems like when you talk about bipartisanship, that is, where both sides are going to work together. The only about the only things they can agree on anymore really comes down to foreign aid and war funding. Now, I find that really interesting because that's true. If you think about it a minute, it has nothing to do with our country in most cases. Why do we have almost almost every example that all the Democrats vote for foreign aid and additional war funding, and about uh, half or a little less than half are the Republicans or the most commonly known as the rhinos? Why is that? Well, they benefit in some way. Obviously, if money is sent to foreign aid or war funding— these representatives are benefiting, and bureaucrats and etc., from, as even Eisenhower stated, the uh, military-industrial complex. Some of that money finds its way back into their campaign contributions, for example, things like this. Again, if you want to understand something, you just got to follow the money, right? And that's why we see this happening, and it's been happening for decades. This is nothing new, and again, it's not not, something that's Um, Only one party. Although, to be fair, in the last several years, the Democrats pretty much vote in lockstep, with very rare exceptions. So it's pretty much all the Democrats, and like I said, roughly about half of the Republicans. The only solution is education again, and primarying these. You know, the Democrats are pretty much a lost cause, in my opinion. From in most cases, the only real hope is to get rid of the rhinos that are in the Republican Party, and you can get a majority there, hopefully, and they can reduce this war funding and foreign. Uh, foreign aid and all this that benefits citizens little to nothing but puts money in the pocket of bureaucrats, elected officials, and those those, those types. We need to replace those people. That's the bottom line. It's not what the founding fathers envisioned in any way, shape, or form. Now, here's another big thing that I kind of knew on the periphery, but I think this is coming out and becoming a very, very important issue. The reality is the border and the economy Inflation, whatever, are the the two big issues for vast majority of Americans. No, no question about it. Illegal immigration, with all the problems that it has, but it has another major impact that we, if we don't do something about it's going to majorly impact our country for decades to come. And here's what it is. It has to do with the Electoral College and the Census Bureau. So another thing that... The Biden administration did in January of 2021 when they first got into office was Biden signed an executive order requiring that the U.S. Census fact- bureaus factor all residents, including non citizens, as part of its calculation for the population. So the U.S. Census. They didn't do that before. Well, what does that mean? Well, based on the estimated flow of Im- illegal immigrants, this means approximately 22 House seats. Would go towards the Democrats probably likely or let's let's put it this way twenty two house seats would go would be the illegal alien vote whether they vote Republican or Democrat frankly should not matter. The Democrats believe for the most part they're going to vote for them because you know the sanctuary cities all the benefits they give them we're going to get discuss more of this in the future, in the show'll we'll hear later, a little later all the types of things that they're giving them. Bribing them for votes, frankly, in my opinion. But the reality is, it gives them 22 House seats. That's why they were, or potentially 22 more House seats. And this is a big deal, folks, because if non citizens are allowed to vote, this affects congressional districts, the electoral map, it affects the electoral college. And we all know in the past several decades, many. Many of these races, House races, Senate races, even the presidential races, have been very close. And if you get enough non-citizens voting one way or the other, again, probably uh, most likely lean more Democrat, that's going to have a significant impact with the, gov- with the government that we have. And it's these votes are going to come for people who are, should not be here. They're illegal aliens. And I've stated this before. I hate the term migrants. They're not migrants. They, are, they broke the law. Migrants leave, escape someplace to come to another place, a better place for a better life. My dad was a legal migrant. He escaped the Soviets. Uh, he was from Hungary, and he escaped the Soviets in 1956 and eventually made his way to the United States, became a citizen. I was born here, all that kind of stuff. He was a migrant. Migrants don't want to leave their country. They're forced to. Again, when this that happened, when the Soviet crackdown occurred in 1956, for those of you that don't know, if you were a young male, you there were three options for you at that point. You were either going to be taken to the gulag. If you were a Hungarian male, you were going to get taken to the Russian gulag. They would kill you or you escaped. Those were your three options, period. There were no other options. I have family members, relatives who lived in Hungary, under the Soviets, and as they stated, there were no men. There were no young men or men even under the age of about 65. There was nothing but kids, male kids, and old men and all women. The Soviets, they basically decimated or wiped out or let escape, not voluntarily, but they escaped, the men and the country, and that's how they were able to conquer and control the country for a number of decades after, obviously. That's what happens when one country takes over another, when communism, for example, takes over a stronger one, takes over a weaker one. That's what happens. My dad dad didn't want to leave his home country. That's where he grew up. You know, he was, I believe, about 19 years old, lived his whole life. That was his home. But he, again, he would be either killed in the gulag or he had to escape. He made the right decision, in my opinion. Thankfully so. I wouldn't be here otherwise. But my point is, that's a migrant. And he came here, forced, forced, he was forced to come here and start his life over. And it wasn't easy. He had to learn English. He had to go to college. He had to do all these things. But he did it, and he made a, better, he made a life for himself because he was forced out of his homeland. That's a migrant. Somebody who's escaping somewhere else for a better opportunity— Okay, if they do it legally, fine, have no issue with that. But if you cross the border illegally, by definition you're a criminal. You broke the law. And there's a number of laws that are on the books that well, here's a great one. In 1996, US Congress passed a law prohibiting non-citizens from voting. They can't vote. Not only they can't come here, but they can't vote. In fact, it's unlawful for a non-citizen to vote in federal elections. All right? It goes on and says federal law also states that non citizens who violate the law are ineligible to receive visas, ineligible to be admitted to the U.S., and deportable. That's what needs to happen. Now, the sneaky little underhanded move that they're making why are they doing this? Well, some states are allowing the illegals to vote, or they're now going to be counting. The number of residents, legal or otherwise, for their census to determine how many House seats, for example, they should re- receive as a state. California, with a huge influx of illegal immigrants, will gain, likely gain, House seats unless this is changed. This is not right for citizens. This is something that needs to be changed and needs to be stopped. There are a few states, in fact, I believe it's. Uh, Here it is. There's three states that allow non-citizens to vote in local elections as of June 2023. And that happens to be California, Maryland, and Vermont. In other words, they can vote in local elections. Well, what's stopping these people from non-citizens, illegal aliens, criminals? What's to stop these people, what's to stop them from counting those votes other elections, like federal elections, even though it's illegal, what's going what's gonna to stop them from doing that? These are the types of things that need to be enforced. The book, laws on the books need to be enforced, frankly, and this is a really big deal. And when you understand that, you start to understand why the Democratic Party has been so in favor of, of an open border policy. They're losing people in their many of the blue states and cities. They've been losing from an exodus of people. And they're, going to rep- they're replacing them with the illegals and then count them on the census for house seats, for example. That's the plan. That's what's actually happening in front of our eyes. Now, if you want to – I'll just share this real quick. And if you missed the previous segment, I shared a lot of good stuff about your personal bank with some of the existing long-time clients of mine. If you want to learn how to grow your money insured, guaranteed, tax-free, get positive cash flow on your money – have high liquidity, navigate this uh, economic uh, challenges we're dealing with, contact me at yourpersonalbank.com. Stay tuned in the next segment. I'm going to share some more things that I think you're going to find very, very enlightening, particularly about taxes. Don't miss it.
1: Stay tuned for more common sense from Ferens. For more information, contact Ferens at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Bank Show with Ferentz Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferentz at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ferentz Toth.
0: Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferentz and uh, man, I'm on a roll today. So a lot of great stuff. So let's just keep going. So I'm going to share a few thoughts here with you. and, And this, I think I want you to think about this a minute. Best estimates, about 18 million illegals in the United States right now. No one really knows for sure. But the reality is they don't have to pay taxes, but you do. They also don't have to pay rent or mortgages because many of them are being supported with housing and such things like that, but you do. Those illegals don't have to get vaccinated. There's no requirements, but our government, of course, has pushed and pushed they want us to. This is the part that gets me. I, I like this, the part of this message It says, look, if you're the most jaded Democratic voter or Democrat voter, you should be outraged that the Biden administration is using your tax dollars to create a new welfare class that have rights that you don't have. You and I don't have as citizens. And that's true. We have to pay taxes, but they, they don't. And it's coming from who? Where's the money coming from? From us. The Biden administration isn't paying supporting them. We are, because that's where the money's coming from. Remember, government has no money. I get That just drives me nuts when they say, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. No, you're reallocating, you're taking money from us, the citizens, the taxpayers, and you're giving it to someone else. Now, to make matters worse, it turns out now the Biden administration has been providing veteran medical resources to illegal immigrants. Again, they've had so much of an influx, overwhelming, Influx of illegal immigrants they're using v a resources medical resources primarily to provide medical medical care for illegal immigrants. You want to talk about a slap in the face I mean these are the vet these are veterans these are the people that served our country to protect our country and protect our freedoms, and their benefits are getting taken away and given to somebody who's a illegal a criminal who, who crossed the border illegally. That there couldn't be a bigger slap in the face. Even if the veteran gets their benefits, there's still longer lines, longer waits, whatever. That is just dead wrong. There's absolutely—it's it's just wrong. And I like this one. Uh, uh, recently, Senator uh, Democratic Senator uh, Chris Murphy, he was given an interview, I believe, on uh, MSNBC, and this was really interesting because he made a comment. He said— you know he was torched for this, but he said he was calling illegal migrants is the term they like to use. They're they're criminals. That they're the people we care about the most. And there's a lot of people are saying it's just giving away the the game. This is the quote as he said, Chris Murphy, De- uh, Senator Chris Murphy said, "We ca- illegal immigrants are the people we care about the most." It, it's kind of like a, it's a Freudian slip, I believe. A lot of times people that the truth accidentally comes out. The reality is it's no surprise based on their actions, open borders, all the things that they're doing to provide and benefit the illegal criminal aliens who've come across our border. I mean, just look at their actions. You don't even have to. They don't even have to tell you to know where they stand. All you have to do is look at the fruit. Look at what they're doing. Look at their actions. Right. It's pretty easy to determine. Here's another one, though. Again, we discussed earlier how illegal aliens don't have to pay taxes, but we do many of them don't have to pay for housing and things like that but we do as citizens well here's here's also again where the money's coming from if you here's here's where we're getting taxed think about this if you earn it you have an income tax if you live somewhere you've got a property tax if you spend some of your money you have a sales tax if you save it well you you have an inflation tax inflation is is just a silent killer it's an infl- it's a type of tax If you invest your money, you typically have capital gains tax or interest tax on the interest, right? If you start a business, you usually have licensing, license fees, all those types of things. And if you own a good business, they're going to tax your profits, right? Now, if you give it away, there's a gift tax. And if you die, there's an inheritance tax oftentimes. Not always, but you know what I'm saying. In other words, think of all the different taxes that we're hit with as citizens that we're required to pay and illegal aliens, criminals, don't. Is that right? Think about that a minute. And here's another thought I want to give you. I've got a lot of thoughts and a lot of things I've been sharing about these types of things that kind of fit together. But here's another key point I want you to think about. No other country in the world collects, collects taxes from their people and then sends it to the U.S. Our government collects taxes from us and then sends it all over the world, don't they? Is that to benefit us? They try to tell us it does. They try to tell us it's for national security. But the reality is any person with any common sense understands many of these countries that they send the money to, they hate us, or they are very, very corrupt. So there's a lot of corruption going on. So does it really benefit us in any way, shape, or form? So why do they do it? Well, again, follow the money. Who does it benefit? Well, oftentimes, the very people who are voting for these, the representatives that are voting for these foreign aid packages or continuation of wars or whatever it is, are benefiting financially in some way. Foreign donations into their uh, campaign contributions is a great example. Many people call it money laundering. And in a, and in a way, it is. But they benefit financially in some way from it, so that so they're voting for their own best interests, not ours, not their constituents. They're not represent; they're not doing their job. They're not being representatives. They're just benefiting themselves. They're lining their own pockets. And I like this other one again on the same theme. This person came out. And she said, uh, "I'm a tax paying member of the United States," and it, she's talking about the Ukraine bill where they're ta- discussing sending billions of dollars more to ukraine and she says i do not consent to this bill being brought to the floor i do not want my tax dollars being sent to foreign countries until the citizens of our country are protected and the people you know are made right and he said tell the biden administration and the senate and the house to try again we do not consent i agree with her why should our hard earned tax dollars go to places like ukraine or other places, foreign aid or wars or whatever it may be, and we don't want, the vast majority, we're talking 70%, 80% easily of Americans, do not want our money to go there. It kind of reminds, uh, reminds me of something called taxation without representation. You remember that one? Remember that in school growing up? I do. In fact, that's what the American Revolution largely was fought about. We rebelled against a king, a corrupt government, a dictator, whatever you want to call them, because we were getting taxed without representation. My question to you is quite simple. I want you to think about this. How is our current representatives, our current government, the major- vast majority of people, Americans, do not want money sent to foreign aid and foreign wars and all this, at least until our own borders are secure and our own country is safe. All right? They want that at the very least, yet our own representatives will not listen to us and continue to vote for and continue to send more and more money to these places because it benefits them. not doesn't benefit us, but it benefits them. Are they representing us? Could that be considered taxation without representation? Are we going to continue to put up with this? My hope and prayer is the answer is no. The good news is, as I've shared so often on this show, is we have, we there are solutions. Educate, understand what's going on, what's really going on out there. Understand that our government is not looking out for our best interests. They are not representing us. And then understand that in the Declaration of Independence, I've shared this so many times, that it states in the second paragraph that we hold these truths to be self it, that we are endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights. And among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those are powerful words, but it goes on. This is the part. Most people know that part. But the part that our government doesn't want us to know but we should know, is that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their powers from the consent of the governed, in other words, the people, us. And then the next statement, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, and these ends is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and institute new government. We have, a, we have the opportunity to alter the current government I've said this so many times. We have an election this fall. That's one of our best opportunities coming up here without a lot worse options down the road, right, altering the current government. How do we do that? We alter the representatives that we have in that government. We change. Alter means change, right? We change the representatives. If they're a Democrat who votes votes, I, I just forget it. If we're Democrat or Republican, I don't care what their party affiliation is. If they vote for funding for foreign wars, we need to replace them. If they vote for uh, ongoing foreign aid, we need to replace them. Especially if they're doing those things without securing our own border, without sec- making sure our own country is safe. So if these representatives refuse to protect the people, the citizens, our country, and yet continue to want to send money overseas, elsewhere, everywhere else in the world except here, replace them. Replace them. What if nearly every every Democrat consistently votes for spending money and sending it elsewhere? And about half the Republicans, the Rhinos. What if all those folks were replaced? What if three-quarters of the representative you know, of the House and all of them are running for office this fall? And the three quarters that were replaced were the ones that voted for spending our money and sending it overseas or for foreign wars, and they were replaced. Do you think that would send a message? Oh my gosh, it would send, it'd be the biggest message ever sent by the American people in the history of this country. It would be amazing. It would be incredible. It would be awesome. It'd be awe inspiring the change that we would see in this country if we, as the American people, would wake up enough to replace these people that insist on spending money on foreign wars, overseas, other countries, allow our borders to remain open and give the money to illegal aliens rather than taking care of our own country, our own citizens. Man, I hope that happens. I hope this happens a big way beyond, beyond what anybody hopes or dreams. That was my hope and prayer. We'll see what happens. I'm going to encourage you to stay tuned in the last segment. If you want to learn how to navigate all this, I'll share a few more thoughts on that financially. Again, your personal bank allows you to grow your money insured, guaranteed, tax-free, high liquidity, positive cash flow in your money even after you spend it. These are powerful tools, especially in a chaotic economic and political climate. Diversify your money, secure, make sure you've got a safe bucket of money, a tax-free bucket of money. You want to do those things, contact me at YourPersonalBank.com. Stay tuned in the next segment. I'm going to share it. Last segment, I'm going to share a few thoughts with you that I'm sure you're not going to want to miss.
1: Stay tuned for more common sense from Fairens. For more information, contact parents at 866 268 4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866 268 4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Fairens Toth. Want more information? Contact parents at 866 268 4422. 4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ference Toth.
0: Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank show. This is Ference. I've been sharing a lot of things today, giving people a lot of reasons to think about a lot of things. I'm going to give you a few more that I think you'll find it very interesting and thought-provoking and help you, again, understand what is going on, really going on out there, not just what the government wants us to think, or the legacy media who have, you know, politicians, whoever they are, who have an agenda. I've shared so off. I'll share this and we'll, I'll tell you some more stuff. I'm blessed. No one yet today has yet asked me to or told me to what to or what not to say. It's coming from my heart. It's, it's what I see. I'm dealing with people from coast to coast. The show airs nationally. I'm blessed in all that. I understand that. I appreciate it. I honor it, and I try to honor that as much as possible by sharing, cutting through the noise, share the truth, and just calls them like I sees them, as, as they like to put as we've heard. I just want to cut the noise and get to the truth so that you and I, all of us, can make better decisions, really understand what's going on, have a better country, have a better society, have a better financial result going forward, all of those things, all right? So here's another one. I, one of the things I discuss all the time is, if you want to understand something, it doesn't make sense on the surface. You just have to follow the money. So here's another example of this. So Risha, Risha Sinek, he's the uh, British prime minister, that he invested $500 million of his own personal fortune into Moderna shortly before all this COVID vaccine stuff came out and mandates and everything else. His $500 million Turns it t- apparently turned into billions of profit. He profited, in other words, he benefited from the vaccines. He benefited from encouraging people to take the vaccines personally, financially, in a big way, to the tune of billions and billions of dollars. So as point, people point out, he's, he's not, the British prime minister, he's not loyal to the British people. He's loyal to his own pocketbook. You have to look at motivation. You have to understand, follow the money, and you start to understand the motivation of why many of these people do what they do. It's eye opening. Here's another one. I th- saw this and I thought, man, this is incredible. And I'm just going to share this a little bit. And it, this is this one will get you thinking. I, I hope. I really truly hope it does. I think it will for a lot of people. Point is, they were saying is, if I told you my child was injured in a car accident you'd be compassionate and worried, as most people would. And if I told you it was because the brakes failed, you'd be shocked and appalled. Now, if I told you I found out the manufacturer decided not to bother testing the brakes, you'd be mad and you'd tell me to sue. That's true. Now, if I told you I found over 60 case studies showing they knew they would fail, the brakes would fail, and opted instead to cover it up, your head would spin. And if I further told you that, the government knew all along about the dangers and laws are passed to prevent anyone from suing the manufacturer, there'd be hundreds of thousands of killed chil- children. You'd be beyond yourself trying to figure out how to help these kids. Now, as soon as you—and this is all true— but as soon as you replace the word car with the word vaccine, people go—they just lose it. And some people do. Millions of parents today are fighting every day just to be heard. That evidence is beyond question— Many vaccines are not properly tested. Hundreds have shown to be connections with vaccines and injuries and all types of th- different things that are going on. Where are the recalls? Where, you know, where's the public outrage? What's going on? And this point is, he said, look, you're going to continue ignoring the warnings and truth until your child is injured. You know, educate before you vaccinate was his point. And this is from a doctor. He's absolutely right. The truth is finally starting to come out. People are starting to wake up. That's the encouraging part. The tide is turning. I can feel it. I can see it. I'm not the only one. I hear this from a lot of other people that are in the fight, the educational battle, if you will, the battle of ideas that we're in. We truly are. All of that is definitely changing. But you really need to question yourself. Question, you know, I have kids. Thankfully, they're uh, older teenagers now But if you do have kids, I'm not telling you as a parent not to vaccine your kids, but what I am telling you to do is educate yourself. There's no question that there are far more vaccines recommended for kids than there were just even a couple decades ago. In fact, it's not doubled or tripled. It's increased like, I don't know, almost tenfold. It's crazy. Why are they recommending so many of these vaccines? Again, you have to ask yourself the question, why is the medical community, why are pharmaceutical companies recommending up to 10 times more vaccines for children than they were, say, 20, 30 years ago? And the reason, the answer is really quite simple. It has to do with money. If they provide that many more vaccines, they make that much more money, right? It's not that complicated. I know it sounds crazy to some people, and there's folks, some out there that still believe that all the— pharmaceutical companies wouldn't do that, or my doctor wouldn't do that. They wouldn't fall for the financial incentive. The government wouldn't do that. But you, more and more people are waking up to the fact is, yeah, there's evil in this world. There are evil people in this world. And there are people in this world that would rather make a buck and not care about your kids. You just got to recognize the fact. Why in the world would the government provide protection for these pharmaceutical companies so you can't sue them? If there wasn't a problem, see, if there wasn't a problem, these pharmaceutical companies wouldn't need that protection, would they? You just got to use a little common sense and follow the money and you start to figure things out. Now, let me give you another one here that's absolutely just beyond nuts. It just absolutely it's crazy. It just it turns out that the Hawaiian state Supreme Court has stated that the spirit of aloha supersedes the Constitution when it comes to the Second Amendment. Now, the Second Amendment is re- really clear. The right to carry shall not be infringed. They came out with this ruling stating the spirit of aloha does not afford the right to carry firearms in pr- public places for, for self-defense. I don't know where these people come from, really. <laughs> I just It's beyond nuts. That's, a, that's cuckoo land. Now, if this gets challenged and goes to the US, U.S. Supreme Court, I, I'm sure it'll get thrown out in no time. But the reality is we should not have to rely on the U.S. Supreme Court to turn back these cuckoo law, legal decisions. I mean, this this is nuts. OK, there's it makes no logical sense whatsoever. Whoever was responsible, the governors were, or whoever that appointed these people, whoever voted for these just state justices. Get Get rid of them, people. Wake up. Those people are nuts. The spirit alohas more important than the Constitution, give me a break. I just want to say that I know many of the things that I share on this show, stuff that you read, things that you see, sometimes it can just get really incredibly frustrating when you see just the level of corruption, the pure evil, the lunacy, all the things that are going on. It feels like the society is coming apart unraveling at the seams even sometimes. I've shared myself on this show that I believe 2024 is going to be a chaotic year, both both economically, financially, and, and uh, politically. We have an election coming up. It's going to be pretty ugly, I believe, pretty chaotic, I, I believe, and I'm not the only one saying that. At the same time, I want to encourage you. I want you to understand that those – I was having a, a great conversation with a A longtime friend of mine, he was not one that was involved in politics either, say, three, four, five years ago. Uh, Just a guy, you know, building his career, building his business, you know, just like myself. In his case, you know, he saw what was going on in the latter part of the Obama administration that really some of the policies, not that he had an issue with Obama personally, it was just the policies, and he felt like many of those policies would lead to the destruction of America as we know it. And he was right. I came along a couple of years later, as I stated, when the COVID shutdown started shutting down small business. That was the straw there for me that made me realize what kind of government do we have? Who are these people? Are we Cuba or China or Russia? What happened to freedoms? You know, what right does a federal government have to shut down a small business? I went off. Now, I've been active since. He has, too. Here's the encouraging part. People like us and millions of others are waking up. In fact, since that point, he got involved heavily into local politics, making a difference, helping getting a number of different state, particularly state positions and school boards and things like that, get elected some good people. He's been doing tremendous work in that area while still running his business. He's just a regular guy. He's also now become, in the last year, a precinct committeeman uh, for the Republican Party, because he wanted, he realized by doing that he could get more involved and make a bigger difference, and so he's done that. And now he's been approached. We don't know if it's going to happen or not for sure, but there's a local in his city council. There's a apparently a gentleman who's retiring, and there's a person running who is all for DEI and all that kind of stuff. Clearly not a not a person with citizens. Um, rights in mind. And so the local powers of be have requested that he run for office for city council against this, you know, liberal Marxist, frankly, who's running. If he does, he'll be the only Republican. He'll be run up unopposed, which is great. And, almost, and it's in a pretty red area, red red city in Arizona, and he will likely be elected. He would be he's exactly the kind of person we want elected. He's a he's a reluctant patriot. He's running his business. He's busy. He doesn't really want to have to do all these things. But he realizes, like myself and many others. Look, I could I could stay on this show and talk about just fo- talk, discuss financial issues and financial products and tools and all that. That was my original intention, by the way, with the show four or five years ago. COVID change, you know, COVID shutdowns, as I stated earlier, changed that. and I couldn't stay quiet. I've been encouraged to continue to share my mind with people and still help them financially, so I feel blessed that I can do both of those things. He's like that, too. He's a reluctant patriot. If he does end up getting into the city council seat, I believe he'll be—I've known him for 30 years. He'd be a great city councilman. So I hope it happens, and I'm seeing this type of thing happening across the country. I know of dozens and dozens of people or clients of mine, friends, whatever, that are doing many of the same things. There is an army out there, folks, of patriots that are stepping up, re- realizing what's going on, recognizing the threat to their, their way of life, our society, our country, and they're stepping up to protect their patriots, folks. They're stepping up to protect our society, our government, and I believe there's enough of us. We're going to find out in November how many there are, but we, in the meantime, between now and then, we just got to keep pushing. If you're frustrated, I understand, but now's not the time to back off shift the tides are changing there's a shift in public mood, public opinion there's no question about it now's the time to press our advantage and take this baby home all right so i'm just going to encourage you i'm not going to give up i'm going to keep pushing through this next election and hopefully we can make a big difference this election not just in the presidency but you know house seats senate seats state seats local you name it across the board hopefully The red wave that was supposed to come in 2020 will actually be here this time, but in a way bigger wave, if you know what I'm trying to say, and start to change the direction of our country back to the direction it should be going instead of the direction it's been going, which most people agree has been the wrong way. If you want to learn more about what's going on, stay on top of things thrive in this economic and political chaos we're dealing with contact me at your personal and as always stay tuned to the your personal bank show next week as long as it's on our money in god we trust
1: listen tuesdays at noon and saturdays at one to the your personal bank show for more information contact parents at 866-268-4422 or your that's 866-268-4422 this show is designed to provide accurate authoritative information. The presenter and guests of this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Some products discussed may have limitations and not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Dividend rates and bank line of credit rates may change. For current rates, contact Ferris at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, that's 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com